When you find out you have ADHD, a lot of questions find answers and things begin to make sense. One of them is the difficulty our unique brain has with managing money and it's not necessarily because we can't do it. If having a conversation about money doesn't get you excited or if money is something you lack interest in, the good thing is that it can change. In this episode, not only will you know what five interferences to watch for and what you can do to decrease their impact, but your perception about money and ADHD will shift. Let's start the conversation, shall we? Honey, have you seen my keys? Huh, forget it, they're in my hand. There's more to ADHD than being easily distracted, scattered, or a master procrastinator. Being different is not a disability, and it's about damn time we break free from the shackles of society's labels and stigma. Hey there, I'm Zarina Boali, a French-Canadian journalist who found out had a uniquely wired brain at 40 and became a certified ADHD coach. This podcast brings forth a different perception of ADHD to help you amplify your brilliance and phenomenally stand out. Thanks for flying with us. Have a great day. Ready to blast off? Three, two, one. Welcome aboard. There's a lot to take into consideration when it comes to money and ADHD. Yes, we forget to pay bills, spend on impulse, have more debt, and don't have a lot of savings. We also change jobs more often than other people and are not afraid to take risks. The way we behave with money can be hard to understand for someone whose brain wiring doesn't interfere with his or her ability to manage money. If they like taking care of their finances, well, we don't. I mean, when was the last time you enjoyed taking care of your finances or having an open-hearted conversation on the subject? Money management doesn't come easy for us, and avoiding talking about it is often something we're very good at. Because no matter how much effort we put into, remembering to pay bills on time, knowing how much money comes in and out, beware of impulse purchases, lowering debt, not being bored. The level of difficulty with managing money is so high and we've repeated the same actions so many times for so many years that the thought of being able to create better habits to fill in the gap between lousy and good money management skills is not even part of the equation. We feel like a failure, disempowered, incompetent, frustrated, overwhelmed, and completely disinterested because no matter how hard we try, our financial situation barely improves. But what if there was more to that story? I remember a time when I cringed at the idea of taking care of my finances and did everything I could do to avoid conversations about money. 
the resentment I felt toward money was so deep that I couldn't care less about and for it. To be honest, my relationship with money was a toxic love-hate one and I often found myself facing situations and events that kept on repeating themselves. I couldn't care less about money, had very little respect for it, and my motto was, money's meant to be spent, not to sleep in a bank account. Thinking about building financial security, saving for retirement, wasn't a priority. Do you recognize yourself? Does any of this resonate? Even though I wish I had made different choices, I believe everything happens for a reason. Life doesn't happen to us but for us and provides experiences that allow us to acquire new knowledge and creates room for growth. As convinced as I was about never being able to better manage my money and finances, a sentence I heard proved me wrong. I was attending a seminar in Hawaii in 2016 a trip I could not really afford at the time that I put on my credit card, but a trip I will never forget as I was celebrating my 44th birthday on my favorite place in the world, and this sentence changed everything. The universe is not going to send you $1 million if you can't manage the $1,000 in your bank account wisely. It created such a huge shift that from that day, it became crystal clear that if I wanted my financial situation to change, I needed to get serious about developing new habits. In order to do that, I needed to know where I was starting from, and that meant assessing my money management skills. I remember how little of those I had and how the scenario was not so pretty. If you were to assess your money management skills, what would the score be on a scale of 1 to 10? The ADHD questionnaire in my book, Abundance for Your Finance, Growing Interest About Money, Even If You Have ADHD, will help you do that and you can download it for free by clicking on the link I've added to the show notes. With ADHD in the equation, because it's not the only explanation to your challenges with money, you have a complex combinations of habits, beliefs, and negative self-talk disrupting how you perceive yourself and the situation. So be ready to learn new ways to look at some of the issues we face with money when we live with ADHD. And if you think it's impossible to become better at money management, you will hopefully believe the opposite after this conversation. You'll have new tips and simple changes you can make to start developing and improving the skills required to create new habits. So back to my question. If you assessed your money management skills, what would the score be on a scale of 1 to 10? In no means this question is meant to make you feel bad or even worse than you already feel about your financial situation. But one of the issues with ADHD when it comes to money is that we bury our heads in the sand hoping and naively believing things will get better or think that they're not that bad. We spend without knowing where the money goes or realizing we couldn't really afford what we bought because we forgot an upcoming payment. 
And then we feel guilty, irresponsible, convinced that we failed yet again. My money management skills used to be, I mean, so bad. Mm, no, let me rephrase that. They were nearly non-existent. If I were to rate it on a scale of 1 to 10, it was no more than a 2.5 and I'm not exaggerating because I felt such resentment, disrespect and anger towards money. I was a pro at avoiding any task that had to do with caring and managing it, was not interested in becoming wise about it and just thought that if I didn't give it much attention or ignore it, how I felt would kind of fade away. A connection for money? There wasn't any, and I couldn't care less. My belief system around it was beyond limiting. It was setting me up for financial chaos. Paying bills late was not such a big deal, and having a bad credit score wasn't either. The scenario would probably be a lot different for a lot of adults with or without ADHD if developing good money habits was taught in school. Then again, with ADHD, learning something we lack interest in or that doesn't have meaning would require an approach that fits our unique brain style. Okay, I'm, I'm digressing. Focus, Zarina, focus. If, like me, you didn't have parents or anyone around you to educate you with the basics, this lack of knowledge has a direct impact on your financial reality and peace of mind. Learning how ADHD interferes with my ability to manage money made a huge difference and was actually a big aha. There was nothing wrong with me or my ability to succeed at becoming better. It was a matter of finding the right methods for me to create new habits. Because let's face it, life with a brain like ours can be quite the ride. We navigate on a calm sea of amazing talents and abilities when facing a storm of particular challenges at the same time. The thing is, it can be difficult for anyone, but for us, it's easy to feel incompetent, overwhelmed, and irresponsible, like I mentioned before. And that leads to shame and makes us believe we're just plain stupid for not being able to manage money while others seem to be able to do it. Finding it hard to manage your money has nothing to do with how intelligent you are and you are not irresponsible because of that. I mean, how can you develop your financial intelligence when receiving no or little money management education and knowledge? There's a huge difference between that and not being smart, so there's no need to beat yourself up for not knowing. But the only person that holds the responsibility to learn is you. Knowing your money archetypes can be a game changer and I'll talk more about this incredible tool I use in a few minutes. So why do we lose bills? Pay them late. Don't keep track of checkbook balances or forget when important payments are due. How can it be that we can be so talented to spend money faster than the speed of light? How many times have you regretted and felt guilty after buying on impulse or on a whim? Part of the answer to those questions is because debit and credit cards increase the disconnection we have with money. 
We don't carry cash as often as we used to, but I'm sure you can remember a time when you may have had paper bills in your wallet and looking back at what was left after doing errands, you wonder how you spent it. Debit and credit cards make it easy to lose track of the money you spend, and if you don't pay attention to where your money goes, you're in for a very unpleasant surprise. Maybe it's a purchase for something you didn't really need and the decision was emotion-driven instead of being rational. You treated yourself with something that made you feel good, at least for a little while, but that changes when you know your money archetypes. Here's what you can do. It's not going to be fun, but it's going to be worth it. And the little step that and action that are added up every day will eventually make a difference. So, number one, figure out the amount of your living cost, like housing, grocery, electricity, phone, TV, internet, etc., etc. Two, take the total and subtract it from what you earn in a month so you know how much money's left. Three, print a credit card statement and identify every purchase that was made. Four, do the same for your bank account statement. And five, add the total purchases billed on your credit card statement and those you paid with your debit card. Is there any money left in case of an emergency? What amount of money is there to put into savings? Tracking your money is important for your financial security. And I know with the challenge we have of knowing where we'll be in 5, 10, 25 years, it's a challenge. But we need to do the effort to figure out what impact it's going to have in 20 years if we don't do it now. So tracking your expenses, those you do spontaneously, is important too, and I recommend doing it on a piece of paper until it becomes a habit, so for at least 12 weeks. Write down each date of the month and make sure you keep a daily record, even if you don't buy anything. In that case, write zero. Leave the sheet somewhere you can see it because it will also be a reminder. And if you misplace the receipts of what you've bought, well, the amount will be on your expense tracking sheet. So what are the ADHD traits that interfere with your ability to manage money? One of the reasons why it's so hard to manage money is the lack of executive function skills needed to be good at it, such as planning, organizing, or self-regulation. These ADHD traits also play a major role in the challenges we face with money. Lack of interest, which leads to boredom, and that's often when impulsivity may show up. And there's more. My challenges with managing money also had to do with time blindness, not knowing how to set priorities, where or how to start, and the limiting beliefs about ADHD. Beliefs such as, it's too complicated for me to understand, I'm not good at not buying on impulse, I'd rather someone else did it for me. What's the point of creating new habits? 
Even though understanding how my brain operates helped with figuring out what was going on, I had a gut feeling that it was much deeper than that and getting to the root of it was crucial for me. I also had to be honest with myself and admit that I couldn't do it alone, so I couldn't let pride or shame interfere. Want to know what I did? I called my best friend and told her, you know how to count as much as I can't, and you're very good with managing money. Will you teach me? The main reason why I asked her was because I knew she wouldn't judge me or my lack of knowledge. She would be there every step of the way and would be patient enough to explain what I didn't understand until I did. Having someone who has some understanding of your unique brain wiring is so important. She said yes, and because I had someone to be accountable to, I learned so much, even though what she asked me to do was extremely demanding at the beginning. So much so that my brain would literally hurt, and I would sometimes get headaches. It was so tough staying focused and concentrating on the task. The other key elements that made managing money so chaotic for me on top of ADHD were my relationship with money, the baggage I inherited from my lineage, limiting beliefs about money, subconscious programming. That alone can complicate things and the idea is to move forward one step at a time and get past that managing money is hard, boring, and not that important so you can be on the opposite side of boredom, which is interesting. I know it can be a long stretch to go from one to the other, but it's not impossible. Let me ask you a question. When you have high interest in something. Do you find it easier to concentrate and focus, feel energized, enthusiastic, and cheerful? Adults with ADHD are always looking for things that are new or stimulating because when they are interested in something, the executive functions of the brain click into gear and the brain works well. So there's nothing wrong with finding ways and trying new things to get that brain to operate. But why do we get bored? Because of the low activity in the prefrontal cortex, the region of the brain that is involved with focus, attention, concentration, goal setting, planning, organization, and impulse control. Is any of this starting to make sense for you? Now, let's put ADHD aside for a bit and look at how shifting how you see money changes a lot of things. Your money blocks are encrypted in your subconscious, influencing how you act around money. A lot of them you've inherited from your ancestors and that money history you're carrying is preventing you from being financially healthy and wealthy, no matter what that means for you. I know that money was a source of stress, insecurity, and money for my mom who raised me as a single parent with no help from my dad because she didn't want to depend on him. To this day, I don't understand why, but my mom was a very stubborn and independent woman. 
We had everything we needed, but somehow I felt as if she was in survival mode. And that leads me to another important factor, perception. That's how I perceived it. And being intuitive, I'm sure there's some truth in what I felt. But there's also another side to the story, and that is she was a responsible parent who never jeopardized my well-being, making sure my needs were met. So it's important to identify what decisions you made about money based on your family history. From the perspective of the 8-10 year old little girl I was, seeing my mom sitting at the kitchen table, paying her bills and balancing her checkbook, I had the feeling that all she did was count money. So I decided that I wouldn't spend the rest of my life counting mine. Like I mentioned before, Money, to me, was meant to be spent. Along the journey of learning the fundamentals about money, I came across a coach that worked with a tool that caught my attention, money archetypes. At the time, I was looking for a fun way to transform my relationship with money by better understanding how I acted around it. Knowing my money archetypes seriously had a tremendous impact and I was blown away by their accuracy. It's money management made simple and ADHD friendly for the highly energetic, sensitive, creative, intuition, curious and passionate who finds it complicated, difficult and boring to manage money. Because if money blocks like these have taken control of your life, it's time to do something about it. Avoiding looking at your bank account or dealing with money. Feeling resentment about wealthy people, believing their focus on money is unhealthy. Stressed out by the endless squabbles you and your spouse, partner have about money. Being secretive about money as a way of feeling safe and in control. Here's the thing. Within you is a unique money code that influences your relationship with money and they are called money archetypes. When you discover what yours are, it will feel as if all the pieces of the puzzle fall into place. So after knowing what my archetypes were, seeing the shifts they allowed me to create and blocks that I was able to get rid of, there was no doubt in my mind that I would get my Money Archetypes Coach certification because I knew the impact it would have for my clients with a uniquely wired brain like mine. They are an incredible tool of self-discovery, self-awareness, and it gives so much understanding about how you perceive money. Knowing your archetypes seriously allows you to give money something it loves, attention. And they are surprisingly great to reframe ADHD challenges, honest to God. You understand what makes you tick when it comes to money, freeing you from negative self-judgment. You discover what your three core money strengths are and how to use them to make more money in your business or your career. You're free to make decisions from a place of empowerment, not fear, and the freeing quality of relief that you'll feel will immediately open new possibilities for you. You no longer fall prey to unconscious sabotaging behavior. It's a blessing to be in control of your life in this way, 
authentically and easily. So they really enable you to crack the code of your financial DNA and help you feel more confident about your abilities to manage your money and finances because you know which archetype you can lean on to do so, or at least you know what is preventing you from doing so. So let me give you an example with my archetypes. One has a love-hate relationship with money. Like, didn't I mention that earlier? Um, it also thinks there are imbalances of wealth in the world, and he can also rely on others for financial support. Another would rather not have to think about money or have to manage it, preferring letting that responsibility to someone else. The other is good at understanding and handling the complex aspects of finances, likes paying attention to numbers, but is also unafraid to take risks when it comes to money, even if it puts its financial security at risk. So if you're curious about what money archetypes can do for you and your relationship with money, I've added the link to the show notes. Here's another exercise I'd like to share with you. What does money mean to you? So on top of the ADHD and money questionnaire that you can get when you download the first chapter of my book, Abundance for Your Finance, I want to give you an exercise to help you drop how you feel about money on paper. Like get whatever is there, resentment, lack, guilt. The first part of the exercise is to write on top of the sheet, money for me is, or money for me represents, or money to me means. So step one, write down the ugly first, how it makes you feel, what you think of it, and any beliefs that come to mind. Step two, do it like a brain dump and don't overthink what comes up. Step three, don't censor yourself. Step four, when you're done, let it rest for a few days just in case other stuff comes up. You can also use this question as a prompt. What comes up when you think about money, emotions, thoughts, feelings? Part two of the exercise is to repeat the same steps as in the first part by writing what you would like money to mean or represent for you. The first part takes some of the crap out and the second part allows you to look at the other side of the metal and don't limit yourself in what you write down. Another thing you can do is have paper bills in your wallet so you recreate this connection we lost to money with plastic. I really hope this episode brought you an interesting perspective on ADHD and money and that you will enjoy doing the exercise to uncover some of your money story. Remember that impulsivity, boredom, lack of interest, Time blindness and limiting beliefs are five things to watch out for because they interfere with your ability to manage money. You've got this. I believe in you. I so appreciate you listening and I'd love to hear from you. If this episode resonated with you, let me know what valuable insight you're taking away and how you can implement it right now. 
Don't hesitate to leave a review on your favorite platform and share on social media. Until next time on Phenomenally ADHD, own your genius because you rock just the way you are.